does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and see a brother or sister in need and yet refuse help? Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning, church, on this beautiful, cold, somewhat wet Sunday. We can see indeed that God loves us because here we are this morning. I'd like to take a little time this morning, and I won't take too much, to talk about love. You know that wonderful thing that we talk about. How many of you remember when Tina Turner stood in front of us and reared back and said, what's love got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? But we spend a lot of time searching for love. We love hard, some of us. And when we have passion behind something, more love is poured into it. Now, I'm coming off of a rough year. I hope your year has been better than mine. Last Easter, we were alone somewhat in the church. Another Easter, we were somewhat alone in this church. I could not believe it when I walked in Easter Sunday and there was no band. There could have been no people. I just wanted the band. I love that music. On Easter, there is nothing like having them here and hearing that music. So I'm going to take a little time this morning to talk about one of the disciples that was pretty close to God. He was pretty close to God, therefore he, it was easy for him to be close to God's son. We'll talk about Peter this morning. Now Peter is a name that means a lot to me. Many of you are aware that my baby son's name is Peter. We've thought about that name before we gave it to him. That's a powerful name. Little black kid sitting in the first grade. Teacher says, Peter. He says, present. She goes, really? His mama wanted him to be able to get a job later on in life. And we now know that sometimes your name can prevent that. So we're gonna talk about agape love. You know that love that mamas have. That love that grandmas have. That love that no matter what you do, you're still going to be number one with them. They're preying on your misdeeds, but you are number one to them. Unconditional love. No ifs, no buts, nothing. You did it, that's okay, I'm here. I saw that kind of love on TV this week when there was a mother. Her son had been pulled over. He had made it to home. He gets out of the car and his mother's right there. And she says to the police officer, he will not be a hashtag today. What did he do? Give him his ticket. I'm not moving. By not moving, she could have been arrested. But the love that she had for that child was that I am your shield, I am your guard, and I will speak for you. Well, if you're going to talk about love and people being there unconditionally, and you choose to talk about Peter, Peter, the denier, three times he denied Jesus. 
that's okay. He was growing into agape love. Possibly right now, he had filial love. You know that love, I kind of care about you. I know about you. And yeah, they say you're my brother. So with that, that's enough. Unconditionally that I'm going to be there with you, I'm going to try. Or I will promise with God's help, I will be there. You see, I like Peter because Peter is like you and I. He's kind of, you know, that little sinful mutt that's working on his stuff. He has a sinful nature. Well, why not? After all, he's only a man. You know, there's a line that's in a song. Why is it a man is great until he got to be great? Or why is a man strong until he's got to be strong? We could put that hashtag, Peter. However, remember who Peter was. He was one of the first. He believed early on. He followed. He witnessed. He stood in. He was there. He was Jesus' mouthpiece on occasion. He saw the miracles. He was part of the miracles. Was it agape love? Maybe not, but it was definitely growing. And Jesus said to Peter, you will deny me three times. We say, how is that possible? Peter, Peter believed enough that he walked on water. He walked on water and was walking to Jesus. How could we say Peter will be the one that denies Jesus three times? You know, there's a saying, right is right and wrong is wrong. Sometimes wrong is right. Peter witnessed miracle upon miracle, feeding of thousands. Peter was there. Peter was even the one that Jesus said, who do you say that I am? How much do you love me? Who do you say that I am? Peter, number one scholar, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. You, I would follow you to the ends of the earth. I would lay down my life. How many of you have said that? I will lay down my life for my friends and my family. Just don't ask me to do it. Sounds good. And that's that one thing about love. It is in books, it's on cards, it's in music, everything. Everything is about love. Yet we have hungry children going to bed nightly. We have people being abused. Some people call it love, others call it abuse. If you loved, what would the world truly, truly look like? But let's get back to Peter the denier. Three times, three times he was asked, do you know this man? Who is this man? It was easy for him to say, I don't know him. I don't know him. When the crowd said, but Peter, you know this man. 
We heard you. You were with this man. They even tied Peter into Jesus because of his accent. The way he spoke. You had to be with him. You know the man. But I say that Peter, like any proud grandmother, when the authority comes, my whole instinct, everything in me says, protect. Protect what's mine. So when the authorities came for Jesus, remember what Peter did? Peter drew his sword. He cut the ear off of a servant. And Jesus, his last miracle before crucifixion, put the ear back. His last miracle was for Peter. I think there's a bond there. I think there is a bond large enough that no matter how many times Peter said, I don't know this man. It was about love. It was about the love that I have for this individual that if it takes one more second for me to prevent anyone getting to him, I will take that second. I will take what I have, what power I have. The power that I have is in the denial. Do you know this man? I do not know this man. Peter knew what was going to happen. Jesus had laid out everything. I must be crucified. We're coming off of that crucifixion. He is risen and he is risen indeed. And I don't know how your life is going, but mine is going that I can take a page from the Bible and lay it on my life. Everything isn't happening directly to me, but it's happening in my community. It's happening to my people. And let's be clear about who my people are. They are all of God's children. Tribal, yes, I do have that. But when I talk about people and I talk about love, I'm talking about everybody. Everybody. Because when Jesus took his last breath on the cross. It was for the love of all. He sacrificed himself for us. Us. Remember, we're much like Peter. He knew Peter was not there with the love that he should have for him. But he had enough. He had enough love that even in denial, Jesus must have smiled and said, that's my baby. That's my boy. He knew what was going to happen, but he knew Peter's heart. You see, we talk about that magic ingredient all the time, and it's love. We're going to pour that love in, and it's going to be okay. I think love is the key that unlocks the heart. Because if man's heart has been hardened, love it's just a word. But if we can take that love and use it as a key and unlock the joy in the heart, open that heart to what is possible for everybody. Everybody. I believe I started with brothers. If you can see a brother and sister in need of help and yet you refuse. Preacher, I never refused. 
I write my check often to all sorts of organizations that I believe in. Mm. That is an act of love. Taking that pen to paper truly is an act of love. But until you personally put yourself in those positions, the positions to help someone, to see eye to eye, to sit down and have dialogue or a meal with individuals, it was just an act. Appreciate you. Don't stop doing it. But love is an action word. I have to show you. Why do we bring flowers? Why do we buy candy? It's an offering of my love. So in order to change the world, in order to really respect that our Lord and Savior took his last breath on the cross, we will put action to that word called love. Love is a strange thing. This morning when I read our bulletin, I saw that the flowers are in the memory of Deacon, Deacon David Nard. I didn't know David but for a short period of time. But I know David loved me. I know he loved the position that I was beginning to hold. I know he trained me as best as he could, and we did not have a long time together. And when he said to me that morning, next Sunday, I will be sitting in, in the pews. I'm going to take my place in the pew, and I'm going to watch you do your work. He might as well have said, Glenda, I love you enough to be here in support of you. And we know that we lost David way too soon. So if anything in the love that I have for David this morning, I send prayers to heaven to say thank you because I saw, I felt the love that that man had not only for himself and others, but for this church. This church has a lot of work to do. And I think you're ready for the job. It is reassuring as a, as a sinner to realize that the Lord understands his children. And has, as he accepted Peter's shortcomings and saw them as growth through grace, he awaits you. Come.